Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today I'm joined by the one and only Mike Markham. How are we? I'm good, baby. Thank you so much for having me, man. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure. So for people that don't know you uh you are the videographer that's behind you the master mastermind behind this whole <laughs> the whole two episodes the whole two episodes exactly that's <laughs> what it is now. so this is this is three depends what order we're, we're, we're showing it on because like i said we potentially might change the um the order we're doing this in but either way this is the third one we've recorded um 100%. but basically for me it's just really important for the audience to introduce you because you're a fucking awesome bloke and <laughs> i wanted people to understand your story because you'll be a big part of this in the future and i said uh, even when we did the episode with with heather i was sort of using you in the background but i just want the audience to understand that you are they're in safe hands and when i'm looking at getting people involved in the primer project whether that's from the coaching point of view or in the podcast it's always someone that understands mm, mm. And, and that's why i wanted to share your story here so when people see you in the background they understand that you are you understand that you get it mm. because i think it's a big thing for me it's important that whenever i'm growing this i'm not just growing it for the sake of growing it i'm growing it with genuine authentic people mm. that get it like with heather with charlotte with you now so i especially thought you know what let's just fucking get you on because your story is fucking awesome and then it means that you're now officially part of it uh, and people get to know you that man I wanted to be involved after mm. meeting you and we had that really cool podcast we did together I was just like whatever mission you're on please take me along with you and that's like, I, the, the, this you. is my thing I'm about it you. because when we were discussing pricing I was just like fuck I can't afford this bloke and then, <laughs> and, and then we had the discussion about you was like I just want to get involved yeah I really did and, and, and that's the thing for me it's, it, it, that for me was awesome uh just pure from the point of view of knowing what I'm, where I'm going, what I'm doing, mm. people are involved and interested in it, if that makes I sense. I felt it in you. I, I, I look and search for authenticity. I've spent a lot of my life on the music scenes and other creative scenes, and you do, you start to spot it throughout of who's in it for themselves, who's in it through their ego, and who's in it because they've got a genuine part of themselves that want to help mm. and want to promote that for others. And I, I really felt that in our conversation. Mm. And, and, I, I wanted and every it. time we spoke, yeah. it seems to got better and better. Which these, <laughs> and again, everyone here loves you. Like, you just chat oh, away with my coaches, and everyone's like, oh, that guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, yeah. It's just it's warm in here, it's what it is. <laughs> but again, we, can't forget Chris, we can't forget Chrissy as well. Like, Chrissy's in the background now. Like, exactly. without, without Chrissy, like, you wouldn't even be here because of, because of your knees. Quite so, like, literally. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so literally, Chrissy is like the mastermind behind it all. She, she uh, is such a gem, honestly. Yeah. So, I am blessed with this lady next to me. Yeah. So, like, so she's like, she's like the, the the mastermind behind it all. So, she really uh, so is. She want, to, yeah. want to give her some credit? I'm, well. ju- I'm just the face of it. <laughs> I don't know why she's the better looking one. I, know, I don't know why we don't get her. <laughs> Can we do a swap? Can we got. swap? <laughs> Stop the podcast. Tag out. Let's get back in again. Um, but no, I'm glad you said this because uh, when it comes to authentic and genuine stuff, uh, and again, I, I really do appreciate that. That that, that means a lot because. You know what it's like in this space. Mm. You're putting yourself out there, trying to help people, and there's always people potentially murmuring in the background, mm. and you're always just worried, fuck, am I coming across how I'm genuinely trying to do it? And like I said, the mission is so, so simple. To help as many people as possible, not feel as shit as I felt. I love and that you, and, you, and, you, and, you, and you got that. And again, what we're going to talk about today, like it's, it's, it's been a bit of a curveball, because this wasn't what I was going to originally talk to you about. I just want to have a really sort of general chit-chat, but I'm going to focus it massively more on mental health, because mm. as I said to you before, there's two people... I don't know personally, but the people who've been affected by it, I know personally. Uh, and one of them, it's uh, a client of mine that has been on this podcast. Uh, his best man um, has been has been found dead, uh, took his own life. And then someone else that I know, her brother. Mm-hmm. So I just want to massively flip this onto its head to talk about mental health mm-hmm. because we both suffer with that. Yeah. So I'll, that's where I want to go down there, but I still want to get uh, a feel for you, your background, mm. so the audience mm. uh, and the listeners and the viewers can, can can get a feel for you. But I really want to sort of head down that route because it upsets me, mm. and I want to do more. Mm. It really upsets me that men, especially, mm-hmm. feel like that's the only way to escape what's going on. Yeah, and again, I know you know that mm. firsthand. I know that firsthand. So we're going to talk about that today. That's why I want to sort of get this out there. Um, but let's just. Talk about you for a second so people can get more of a feel for you. Give me a bit of a background about yourself. So, like I said to you before, all I really know about you yeah. is you used to shit ton of drugs and you used to be depressed. So, <laughs> fill, me, fill, 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 fill in the blanks a little bit. I think so- you're about 90% there, mate. You've got, you got it. You've got the picture. I mean, my story is from I want to help people and how I choose to go about helping people is telling my story. Because... 
people that helped me in the past, like, to be honest, Joe Rogan, listen mm -hmm. to his podcast, Russell Brand, Andy Frazello, I know yeah, we both yeah. love. The episodes that got me were the ones where I heard all about their route of why they got to where they got to because of that pace of pain. They were lost in life. They were going through suicidal thoughts in some cases, Russell Brand addicted to drugs, so on. And because I could put myself in their shoes so heavily and strongly, that's what made me think, oh, there is a way out of this. I don't have to feel this shit anymore. So I think anecdotes and stories really helped me shape my life from other people. So I choose to use my own for that. And there's a lot of power in that as well. 100%. In your own story. Yeah. Actually owning your own story and uh, you, accepting it almost. You can feel a little bit narcissistic or egotistical if you just keep going to, I go to a lot of schools, I go to prisons and primaries and I tell my story all the time. And sometimes it goes, is this fueling people? Is this helping people? But I do keep reflecting to when I was at my lowest and what was fueling me and what was helping me. And it really was listening to people talk about their darkest parts of their life and how they got out of it. So I keep going with that in mind that, yeah, it is going to light paths by mm. doing that. Mm -hmm. So I feel it is important because I can't really talk so much about something in a book I've read or something a podcast or a documentary I've listened to. I'm not very well at articulating that, but what I can use is my story. Mm. So I suppose I went through life very confused. Uh, at school, I did not belong there. I can tell you a bit of a story where <laughs> I knew I knew the catalyst of that. It was, I got kicked out of my primary school and that takes some doing because you've got primary to be a school. naughty little bugger to keep God going. Sake. It where, was like a Where, where did you grow one. up? Uh, Ripley, born and bred. Oh, God. Kicked out in Ripley as well? Yeah. Mate, that's crazy it's, laughing in the background. It's, it's known I mean, for EDL and BMP. So, you know, very short-sighted yeah. mindsets, yep. very aggressive, one sight. And that's where I grew up. But also, I grew up in a very liberal family because my mum's dad was a quite a well-known doctor and he came from Persia. Mm. So my mum's side's Mullen Faroes and we've got a different second name. And because she's so proud of her heritage and got that side to her, we are a very liberal family. So you can imagine living in Ripley, having a very liberal side family, and then going to a school that's very indoctrinated mm. with, you know, doctrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Act like this, be like this. I was a fat kid there. And I was just horrendously bullied. That's all I can remember. So I needed to to act the clown and play up. And the only thing I left school with was a certificate to tell me I'm dyslexic. That was literally all I you knew You got a certificate? Myself. I don't know if I got a certificate. I got, yeah, it was to give me... Mum, have I got a certificate for my dyslexia? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if I got a certificate. I've won, I've won. <laughs> what did you win? Put that on the fridge. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I know I had, to, I had to go to an independent place to get tested for my dyslexia. Yeah, they did send me there. I don't know if I've got a certificate. Yeah, I, I've definitely and, and got the badge to, to prove yeah, yeah. it. And I, I, all I know is I've got glasses. I had to wear a green, my green tint. I started off with the sheets. Do the sheets you have to put over the paper to read that. I started off with the sheets and then I got turned into glasses. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was really cool with the glasses. Uh, the kids at school didn't think I was very cool. Yeah. And I subsequently <laughs> got bullied for that. For yeah, too. I did. Yeah. So uh, I then stopped wearing them, which <laughs> that was then my journey to not be reading. Imagine being the exact same, but fat. <laughs> like the, the, only, the, the only same grace I've had in my life is that I, I was a good goalkeeper. So I, okay. I, was, I was always in with the, the quote unquote cool kids. Even though I wasn't one of them, I was in there with them because I was a goalkeeper. I was going to say though, were you a good goalkeeper or were you one of them kids that's like, you go in net, you're great in net. And you weren't actually that good. Well, Do you I know think, what I mean? Think, I think initially it was that. And <laughs> yeah. then I kind of embraced it. It was like, oh, I could just dive around on the floor. And I, I, apparently you've got to be a bit nuts to be a goalkeeper anyway. So I sort of ticked the boxes. And I was like, okay, cool. You can go do that. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I think so. I didn't like to run around. Huh. Let's be honest. I think I was just lazy. I just didn't want to run around. I could just stand there. <laughs> so so you got kicked out of primary school, which is, kicked, impre which is impressive. Kicked out of primary school. Pretty impressed everybody there. And just with the mindset of, I hate education. Mm -hmm. All it is is a bullying factory. So I ended up going to secondary school. Let me have a go at that. Now, I'll tell you this story because this is the fundamental moment I thought school isn't really for me. And it was when my sister went to the same school. Older, older younger? Five years older. Yeah. And nobody knew we were related because she's got my mum's second name, Mullen Faroes, mm -hmm. and I'm a Markham. So they didn't have a clue, but she is the polar opposite to me. She's a human rights solicitor now and oh, she's yeah. smashing it in yeah. London, doing Amazing, really well. Yeah. I did all the other things of life <laughs> and we're, we're great people, but just decided different things for ourselves. But my sister was 
every teacher's absolute dream, the dream of the school. And, you know, you give her a piece of paper and she'll do it, but better than you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and She's so one of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my mum came in uh, one day and I knew it was shit was going down because my mum would never come into school. She's a business lady. You've been to the farm. She's got a mindset. I've not been infused with love in my life because my mum openly said I never wanted kids. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get my shit done. Your dad wanted kids. I had you for him. So our f- life was a bit confused by that. Mm-hmm. So when we went in and my mum's coming in for the final meeting, I thought, uh-oh, it's going to go down. Now, she came in and the head teacher was there and he was an ex-Marine. So you've got two massive people. authoritative yeah. figures there sat together and little Mike is going, <laughs> uh-oh, it's all going to kick off. So the literally screaming match started within a minute. <laughs> he, I can remember it. It was Mr. Dennison. I can say it. <laughs> but he was going... We'll black, black, beep. <laughs> we got the editor. You know what he wants. <laughs> um, so the teacher was just literally going, seriously, he can't write, he can't spell, he doesn't listen. It's just all about what are you doing at home? And my mum's screaming, going, it's your responsibility. He comes to here to, to learn, to write, to read, to do all these things. What are you doing? And it just went at each other, screaming, screaming, screaming. I remember the teacher (laughs) got his big marine hand and he whacked it on the table as hard as he could. And he went, Mrs. Markham, what are we going to do about your boy? And then my mum, who's really proud of her heritage, really proud of her descendants and where she's come from, just looked at him and went, I'm not a Mrs. Markham. (laughs) I'm a Mrs. Mullen Feroz. And honestly, I've never seen in a room like this, about this big, the energy just transferred and everything chilled out completely. And he went, are you Beth's mum? And my mum really proudly then sat with him and goes, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm Beth's mum. And he looked at me and he looked at my mum again and he went, you must be so disappointed in Michael. Fucking hell. And honestly, I remember, I tell wow. it that well, because I remember it that well. Cause well, I'm not fucking surprised. In his mind, he may have thought, and I'm trying to be compassionate in my life now to where people get to, and his militant mind might have thought, this will spur him on, this will make him want to be mm. like his sister. But honestly, little clueless me, it broke me in two. I just thought, I, I do not belong here. Yeah. It was such a painful moment, because I thought, I'm never going to amount to my sister. Mate, I feel painful. That's made me upset. Oh, thank that's you. Like, man, that's like, yeah. that's... Because I can imagine it. It was hard, as, yeah. as a kid at that oh. sort of age, and, and, and people say things, mm. whether you interpret it rightly or wrongly. And again, even if you said it in that way or not, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the words are still the same. Yeah. Because again, obviously in your head, how you've replayed it multiple times, mm. it could have been, you've kind of turned it into something that's worse than potentially it was. But the wording, mm. the wording that... That's that is like, and as a kid, they're so malleable. You're but even crafted. as an adult, yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone says that she was an adult, mm. mate, that's mm. devastating. If it, someone said that to me, if someone genuinely looked at me with complete sincerity and said that to me, yeah, yeah, that fucking break me. It did, and and in that time, you know, you you sculpt in yourself, and all my life, I've just been told thick idiot, can't read, can't write, being laughed at. That's the thing for me. Call me stupid. Mm. Mm. Do you know if you want to see me? Are you thick? Oh, mate. It got me then. Mate, I just, mate. <laughs> I just I said, had I said, a moment. I've said this to people. I've said this to people. I'll, I'll take any insult you throw at me. Mm. If you insult my intelligence, yeah, yeah. that's like a fucking red flag to a bull. I, yeah. can't, I can't take that. Mm. If you call me fucking stupid. If you want to see me do something, call me stupid. I think you're quite similar, aren't you, Chrissy? You feel a similar Fuck way on me. that. Fuck like me. That, yeah. That's one thing. It's a big one for I can't, I can't. I can't deal with that. But don't don't, it, don't, does don't that, use those words. Does that stem from school? School, does yeah. it? Genu- yeah, yeah. yeah. It does, it, I never managed to do anything really in school. Like I got decent grades ish. Like mm. I got some GCSEs and stuff like that. But I never enjoyed school. I was purely there for football. Mm. Didn't yeah. really care. I, I think during uh, again, I've never really shared this story. I, I got caught shoplifting at secondary school, mm. just trying to fit in with the cool kids. Yeah, I was the only one that got fucking <laughs> caught. Uh, well, no, me and this other kid got caught. Um, Fucking silly turkey twizzlers. <laughs> I didn't even fucking yeah. like turkey twizzlers. I can remember it now, mate. They, they were all fucking doing it. The all, all these people in front of it. I, just, I, stuck, I stuck them in my pocket, two of them. <laughs> and the thing, I didn't even get caught. I didn't get caught. I got grassed on by this one kid. And he grassed everyone up. Yeah. And everyone thought it was me. Because this kid was this cool kid. Mm. 
he got grassed up. So he got caught. He actually got caught. He then grassed everyone else up. And because I was kind of like the nerdy sort of trying to fit in kid, yeah. everyone thought it was me that was the grass. And I remember, this, sort of similar to you, no one in match, but my mum comes to come into school and sit mm. down with the principal. Oh. Never seen the principal in my life. Yeah. Because I was a proper, like, <laughs> goody two-shoes, brought a well kind of thing. Yeah. Basically being told that if it happens again, like, please get involved. Oh, fuck me, mate. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. mate, they shit me right. Then, it's that scary kid got expelled, when the police turn up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, but it, it, so that, that was a big thing for me. Like, and I, I don't, I've never freaking really spoke about that, but ever since then, I've been like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But so I wasn't good at school. And then, for some reason, I went to college. Don't know why I went to college. Um... I don't even know. I literally don't know why I went to college. I think it's because you kind of told me what to do, isn't it? Like, go to college. Mm, yeah, yeah. But this yeah. whole time, kind follow, of, follow a narrative. Yes, but I, I never felt, I always felt like a, an outsider and a bit of a weirdo. Mm. And even to the point where now I've got a client of mine that used to go to school with me. Mm. She's like, oh, yeah, of course I remember you. But how she remembers me at school is not how I remember me at school. Mm. And I'm just like, I'm surprised she remember. I literally, I can just remember feeling so awkward. And just trying to move from group to group to try and fit in. Like mm. I like Warhammer. I loved Warhammer. I loved rock music. So I kind of hang around with those different groups. Yeah, I like yeah. skating. Then you have the cool kids with the football, and all the cool kids were like sleeping with all the girls. And I was thinking, like, what? Like, do, do you mean? And, and I remember, I just, I'm, honestly, all I remember at school was just, just, just thinking to myself. I'm I? such a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. skeptical. I'm a weirdo. I was, I was really spotty. I think that's why we connect. Yeah, I was really I spotty. I, just, I was just trying. I was trying to just almost like survive. Mm. And I remember some break periods. Fuck, it's like, this is like a therapy session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Together, baby. <laughs> Fuck, you know. And, and, and I'd come out and I'd look and I'd be like, right, what group of people, like, so I'd look over like the Warhammer people and I'd be like, okay, they look like they're kind of already talking and they look like the, the, the rocky kind of people, like, mm. uh, and then the popular, and I'd be like, and then sometimes I'd just walk around by myself because I didn't mm. feel like I could go and yeah, chat yeah. to them. Or, yeah. or if I did, I'd just stand there. I'd walk up to them and just stand there and just be like, I'd be the weirdo, this sort of, just appears. Yeah. Oh, God, where'd you come from? I've been stood there for an hour. That was me. And uh, yeah, oh, mate. Uh, it's like when you've got too high at a party or something. Yeah, yeah, you just, like, just appear. Where do I belong? And, and, and that's that's basically what it was. You're standing in crowds, then you're like, yeah, not you guys. But, but like I said, I, I look back at it now, I can't imagine what was going on in my head at that mm. time, but it wouldn't have been anything positive. Mm. The, the, the narrative was going on inside my head at that point. Yeah. I had such low self-esteem. A lot of inner dialogue. Oh, as mate, well. it would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can imagine so with that when you said that. Mm. I, 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 again, you say you relate to me. I can relate to you massively. I think a lot of the listeners can, can relate mm. to that because that's that's a big thing. Cool. Sorry. So school got kicked out eventually because that <laughs> I was nuts before that, but I went Brazil nuts after that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was all over the place, and you know I flunked my exams. Didn't have a clue where my position was in the world. And to be honest, the next part of my life came from, I worked in Thornton's and that was pretty much what I thought my existence was going to be. And it was get this a bit of money in, go home, go out on the weekend with my mates, pull some girls. I got very addicted to girls because I felt very obsolete in myself. I just wanted to be loved. D- didn't mate, know what love was. No wonder we got on so well. Yeah, we <laughs> were dicks. Mate, literally. Li- yeah. but, but again, when I said that when I said on your show, and again, I've said that um, on here. It's bizarre, isn't it? Mm. And it, this thing with this is, again, we can only speak from male point of view. We can't mm. speak for females that are doing the same stuff. But for me, these lads that are going around. Basically, being fucking players, or yeah, soldiers yeah. sleeping around, and yeah. to other lads, the fucking lads like fucking like the man. Mm. It comes from such a shallow place. Yeah. And for me, it's, it, although it, like society, it seems, oh, you're the cool kid and mm. you're sleeping with those people. It's come from a place of complete fucking emptiness, yeah, self-hatred, and just wanting some sort of love. Yeah. For me, I just wanted, especially when, my, bizarrely, my worst part of like my, my sex addiction was when I was depressed, which mm. sounds really counterintuitive. Mm. But it's the only time I felt something. Yeah, I completely It's agree. the only time I felt something. Mm-hmm. Validation, validation, just anything, yeah, just just yeah, yeah. just something, mm. and then they'd leave, or I would leave, and I'd feel empty again. Yeah, so you had like um, a fire of serotonin, a fire of dopamine, yeah, just, just like yeah, oh, just like something. oh, someone, someone, what, someone wants me. Yeah, yeah. So someone, someone notices I'm alive. Mm. Oh, fucking hell. So, I look back at that now. Fucking, mate, fucking, it, it fills me up, man, because yeah, yeah. I, I I lived it to its core. This mm. that that we know about, and we can talk about and articulate about now but I was so involved in it and I thought this was what life was sort of this small town school was just shambles going and getting this shitty job and just being treated like a mug to be honest mm. and I, I did only last for like three weeks to be to be true of, uh, I thought you were going to be on no, like no, a, you know, for like well, five years I, 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 no I, I trust me is yours this dramatic I did yeah I am I'm bipolar brother <laughs> but I, I did lots of shitty jobs and this was the the turning point after school I had to work on a farm for years I did labouring I just all the things you can imagine and I was just trapped but 
to be fair, Thornton's was the the pivotal point and the catalyst of I need to change this shit because I was there and suddenly I remember I am that guy as well that's like, let's make the best of a bad situation. So whatever you're doing, do it with love, do it as best as you can and do it with a smile. So I was on the, the aisle or whatever you call it, the, the conveyor belt, putting two chocolates into boxes for like 12 hours a day sometimes and it was an old guy sitting across from me who was talking, saying how shit his life is basically all the time. Every I knew I was going in and he'd been there 30 years and I knew what I was going to get. Fucking life, isn't it rubbish? What's the point of being here? Oh, well, I'm, same day, same day. So I'm dancing on the queue going, yeah, come on, we're going to be all right, guys. What are you up to tonight anyway? Are you watching any good? And the boss of that conveyor belt (laughs) (laughs) that line line, there was multiple bosses but our line had one boss and he just stormed over to us and I remember he screamed about this far so a few inches from my face and just said what the fuck do you think you're doing get on there and you act normally what are you doing and I just went dude I'm I'm trying to make it a pleasurable experience Mm. so then anyway I, I stood there and I'm packing the chocolates again and then he came back over because I was talking to people and he went, right, come here, come here. And he, he sat me on my own, putting labels. Not naughty corner. Oh, yeah, literally the naughty, with the dunce yeah. hat on. <laughs> and he sat me over there with the, uh, people that couldn't speak my language mm. so that I couldn't speak to anyone. And I remember I just had an existential crisis in that moment. I was just, so, I've always had a very large inner dialogue, ticking over, ticking over. But then it was like, a, a thunderstorm mm. of dialogue. Mm. I was just like, what is the fucking point? I'd, I want to die. I can't live like this anymore. Mm. It was just rapid. And yeah, I'm a bit wild. <laughs> I just made a massive scene. I threw everything everywhere, started throwing boxes around. I needed the Rocky theme tune on and I just stormed out. I went, I'm out of here. I went and saw my best mate, Jagger who's in the police now, and such a wicked guy. Um, and I sat down with him and his dad, who is honestly like a Zen Buddhist, mm. a really clever, wise fellow. He's been through life, Yorkshireman, mm. and he just knows what's going off. So we sat down together and he went, lads, why don't you just go travelling? Why don't you fuck off and try something new? So we started looking online, and within three weeks... I'd got a visa, I'd got like my one-way ticket out of here mm. to Australia. And I just told everyone, because we kept going to the pubs with all my mates and saying, oh, we're going to go traveling, we're going to do this. Wake up next morning, throbbing headache, never do anything with our lives, yeah. ever. But this was it. After that day, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I really am. I'm out of here. I can't live in this way anymore. So me and Jagger, in that three-week period got out of here and we went to Brisbane to start off with in Australia and I think that was a it was an amazing experience but it's not quite where my story transcended from so we did a lot of the things you imagine Mm -hmm. going out partying all the things that we could have done back home really it was just another country (laughs) yeah a warm climate (laughs) slapping goon (laughs) (laughs) and I I really I I healed a lot I, I learned a lot I met a lot of people but like you say, the sex addiction, it was very easy to locate girls out there because it's just in and out, in and out, hostel mm-hmm. living. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't my happiest self there, I wouldn't say. But I was progressing. Yeah. I was superiorly better than I was back home. So then I came back from traveling for a year out in Oz, got back for a little bit, got a normal laboring job. And... I decided I can't do it again. I can't can't be here. So within about three weeks again, I went back out to South Africa. Mm. Where was South Africa were you? I was in Pretoria. Oh, I've been to Pretoria. Have you been? I've been to Pretoria, Cape Town, Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, have you heard of the Baz bus? It was like it went up and down the coast. So right. it took, like would literally just stop off from Johannesburg, which is mm. it's gritty in it it's gritty i've got some stories of jokes <laughs> but i basically i started in pretoria and i worked here in a sanctuary looking after monkeys and primates which is really cool yeah. but from that i did six months there and then i decided i did just want to travel so i went up to Joburg and worked my way up and down it, mm. the coast which is amazing mm. but while i was in the sanctuary 
this is the pivotal moment, really. This is why I feel so strongly to you, why I feel so strongly to going into schools and, and doing what we do. And it was, I was working uh, one day and I got a phone call from my dad. You've, I don't think you've met him. or I've, you've se- I've seen him. Had a glance. I've seen him, yeah, yeah, yeah. He very much is a man's man. And like we're talking about today, doesn't share emotions, doesn't really want you to talk much in honesty. Football and farming, that's mm-hmm. what he knows. Yeah. So while I was at work, I got this phone call and it said, Dad. And I thought, he never calls. Mm. What the hell is this? I was laughing. And I went off and I picked it up and I went, hey, up, mate, how you doing? And basically, he just went, yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Had a bit of a chat. And he went, oh, by the way, one of your close mates back home has been stabbed and killed in a knife crime incident. And I, I just remember just being feeling sick, basically. I, I couldn't believe it because I'd lived in this sort of beautiful, godlike existence, being out of the way, not thinking about home or anything. Mm. And then that just put it on its head and faced it back to me like Ripley and Knotts and Home and Derby and all that. You tried to run away from it. Yeah, yeah, I've been away. You've been trying to hide it. Oh, it's not there, but it was there. Completely. And I just thought, what is this bollocks existence that we're all living in back home that I'm trying to run away from? Like fighting and crime and just going out in the nights and getting with girls and doing all this shit. It it really upset me uh, because it wasn't just that that we were chatting about. It was loads of things. And he was just being really negative about home and what was going off. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to take today off. I felt literally sick for the day. And the craziest thing, what I decided to go and do was write Mm. (laughs) because of school and being put so far off it. I couldn't spell. I couldn't punctuate, couldn't do all this. I never wrote a thing until this day, which was about 23, 24. Mm-hmm. So I took the day off and honestly, A4 pages of paper through and through and through and through. And it was the most cathartic experience I'd ever felt in my life. What were you writing? So I was writing about home and it started coming... Positive or... No, quite. It started off negative. I was writing about my friend and our experience and the life that I was living, how I was feeling, traveling. Mm -hmm. And I was just writing for hours and I was crying a lot. But it felt felt so powerful. It felt like I gained a superpower from this writing. So from that moment, I just went and showed a couple of mates who I'd been living with and said, can I read this poem? to you guys <laughs> and they're all like so, so, do you, so, so do you condense it down I did so, so, so you wrote this negativity did the negative turn into a positive at the end yeah do you know what do you know what this is an exercise actually that yeah, I take yeah, into yeah. schools it's called um, free write mm. and you literally don't feel it yourself it is like meditation you sit there and I didn't know I was doing a free write at the time but I was and I just wrote everything that was coming to mind mm. I didn't stop I was just like I'm fucking fed up of life I don't want to and suddenly as I was writing all this negativity it would start creeping into positivity. I was like, I want to do something. I want to change it. I want to help. Mm. And I was going, well, this is nicer. And the feeling I was getting from when positive was started coming through, I thought, I'm going to try channeling this, this emotion, this energy more. Mm. And I condensed that then into a, a poem. poem. Because that's interesting. We spoke to uh, George Howick on the podcast. and He spoke about uh, how he journals. Mm. And basically, he's talked about writing. Basically, mm. about... Just write the negative. Yeah. So if you've got something negative in your head, just write it down mm. and keep writing, keep writing. Then essentially what you'll do is you'll basically subconsciously pick it apart mm. without knowing it and then you'll actually end up with a positive at the end of it, yeah. which is basically what you've just done there, that, which is why it's really interesting. That's why I wrote it down there. Like, I want to pick up what you've done with that writing because that's yeah. basically exactly what George is talking about and basically how he journals. Powerful, it, it's, it, it's really powerful. And again, I, I didn't know it was called free writing, but mm. I'd basically say to people, mm. if, if people are stuck in here, just get it on paper because if you're getting it down on paper it's then not like a washing machine. The, the analogy is, like, I'm a very visual person. Mm. The problem is when thoughts are in here, it's like a washing machine. It keeps going round and round and more yeah, things added yeah. to it and added to it. But if you get it wrote down, it's then there. And you can see it at its core. You give workshops as well, don't you? Yes, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a, a powerful one. It's yeah. like you can either just say, we're going to do a free write and get people to mm. write anything, or a good one is called guided free write. Mm-hmm. So you literally throw out a question and then let them write from that. Yeah. And sometime every three minutes, four minutes, you just add in another mm-hmm. question yeah. and then let that's, them yeah. keep going through. So the listeners here, that's, that's if, again, if you're, if you're struggling with this. So powerful. Yeah, if you're struggling in that dark place, mm. which again, which is the whole point of having this conversation, mm. that's powerful. It is. So yeah. let's just say right now, 
for anyone listening, mm-hmm. they either themselves in a dark place listen to this, or they know someone's in a dark place listen to this. What questions could they ask themselves? Because people, let, let, mm-hmm. again, you're in that position where, unfortunately, you had that negative catalyst that led you to that. Mm-hmm. Some people right now might be like, well, I don't want to fucking write. What mm-hmm. the fuck am I going to write about? So let's say that's me. Mm-hmm. And I've come to you and I'm like, mate, my life's fucking shit. I fucking hate my life. And mm-hmm. you're to get me to free write. And I'm like, I don't want to fuck to write about. What, 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 what like three questions mm-hmm. could people ask to actually get the ball rolling? I mean... I've been to lots of pupil referral units and had kids like that. Where like, I'm not fucking writing, sir. Um, At least I called you sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, call me Mikey. Don't you dare do that again. <laughs> so, well, listen, when, when I saw you your name earlier, because obviously I know it's Mikey. I was like, what's your name? You're like, uh, Michael. Michael Markham. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do anything. <laughs> so, sorry. So, 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 yeah, so what, these questions. That, um... Has happened to me a lot. When you're going with the the bad boys in year like 10, 11, and they don't want to write, A, first of all, we do a fun activity. So we'll do like a bit of form poetry and get them the juices flowing. And that means we get like cut-ups of our favourite songs and lyrics. We throw them at each other, have a bit of a laugh, pick them, and the first line you get, you stick down, and that's the first line of a poem. And then you just literally pick and stick, pick and stick. Create a whole poem out of it. So A, that makes a really nice activity where they start using lyrics and writing. That feeds into the free write then. So then when they're ready to write a little bit and they've got in a better space towards writing. So so then let's say it's an adult mm. and they're not going to go start doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. People don't do that. <laughs> would, would maybe listen to your favourite song. Mm. Would that would that be a good place to start? Just, uh, that was where I was going to get to, is just fill yourself with a little bit of inspiration. Mm. Fill yourself with a little bit of lyricism, writing, somebody that you connect with, something that you like mm. to, to look at in an art form sense of writing is for everybody. Mm. I believe everybody's got a story. Mm. Everybody deserves to write. Everybody's got something to say. Mm. And you can just talk it into your phone. You don't have to write it. You can talk a free write out. Uh, that's what I've done with the Naughty Lads. So when we've got into that space, a book that I really do recommend, it's incredible, it's called The Book of Thunks, and it's wrote by Ian Gilbert, a mm-hmm. guy um, independent thinking. I'm going to get the videographer to get that written across the yeah, screen. Yeah, it's... It, it, it's <laughs> this guy! <laughs> you just like one moment, oh, yeah, she has me! <laughs> Who is this handsome chap? <laughs> but that has just got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of philosophical questions with the grey area. So there's not a right and a wrong answer. It could say, what colour's Tuesday? You're going to have a different answer. I'm going to have a different answer. Chrissy is. And then throughout the book, it can be as trivial, if you think that's trivial, but probably builds up to meaning. And then it has sort of what is happiness to you. And uh, I think what- that's a really good one. Mm. Mm. I think that's a really fucking good one. What is happiness? Because mm. again, we spoke about with, with Owen, because obviously you were here when we were talking to Owen, and Owen spoke about with purpose and writing. Mm. Like, the questions with that is like just, just, just asking something so simple as that. Mm. Like what's happening? What's, what's your purpose? Just everybody's right going to have a totally different yeah. answer, but you need that. to define that first. Because mm-hmm. people are like, oh yeah, and this 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 is what fucks me off. Mm. Fucks me off, I believe. Everyone wants happiness. Mm. I think every single person on this planet can fundamentally agree that the ultimate goal they want of life is happiness. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them what what is happiness, yeah, don't know. Yeah, elusive. They don't know. Mm. So you're basically going for your entire life trying to find something that you don't know yeah, the answer to. And it could be right in front of you. Mm. Right there in front of you. Mm. And I think this... Why the fuck aren't we taught this? Yeah. Mate, it blows my mind. I know, I like, completely agree. You, you want like this thing. conspiracy. Is it, you, you want it, don't make That is a banned word on this show because I, I will go down a rabbit hole and we'll not go, go back out of it. I'm, I'm, as, soon as, as soon as Owen said about conspiracies when I first spoke to him, I was like, yeah, we're not going to talk about conspiracies because we'll go down a rabbit hole. But, but it is. Mm. How, mm. how can... That'd be the core thing that people want in life, mm-hmm. yet we're never taught to define what is happiness because mm-hmm. people think that money is happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money's not happiness. How many people do we know that are multimillionaires and kill themselves? Mm. The Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. The, the list is endless. I mean, it really is. It just The list is endless. Constant. Money does not make you happy. You still have the same problems when you're rich as when you're poor. Your problems should get sorted a little bit quicker. Mm. Like you've got the money to do things quicker. But- and I'm not uh, an activist by any stretch, really, but... It is a truthful equation, isn't it? Of 
a capitalist society, which I'm not anti-capitalism or anything, but when it's just fed to you in the media as a constant, as a constant, get this car, get this girl, get this, get this, and you will be happy. I, I can see where it stemmed from. Mm. I do totally resonate with it and I empathise for people and that you will have been be happy. Mm. You will be happy. Mm. When you get that nice car, yeah. it's brilliant. It's a nice shot to the system. Yeah. When, you've, when, you have se- when you have sex with that attractive person, yeah, yeah. it feels great. Mm. When you do go out drinking with your friends, it is amazing. Mm. But then what? Yeah. When it wears off, then what? The, the, and this is the thing we don't, this, this, one, this one we're not asking. Mm. Then what? So yeah, these things aren't us. Again, listen, I've got nothing against earning money. Yeah, yeah. I'm Again, m- my thing is like, I want to earn a shit ton of money. Yeah. Not, not for anything like egotistical. It allows me to help more people. Mm-hmm. Like me, earning what I'm earning mm. has allowed me to hire you. 100%. If I wasn't doing what I was doing, I couldn't hire you. Without hiring you, I can't do this video stuff. So money is fucking brilliant. Mm. It's a tool that allows me to help more people. Mm. The video stuff will resonate with more people than the audio. So money is not the devil. I'm not saying it for a mm. single second. The problem is I'm now not suddenly happy because I've got you doing this. Mm. I'm happy because my purpose, my mission mm-hmm. is to help as many people as possible yeah. and you can help me with that. Does this make sense? Like, you've, I, you've answered those questions. You've gone back inside yourself. Mm. You know what happiness is to you and how to attain that. Mm. And that's what people are struggling with is when they don't know their mission statement. They don't know their moral compass. They don't know what's going to attribute to that. So they're just throwing it in different directions. Mm. I hope it's something sticks. Yeah. And it yeah, does for yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, drugs mm. or alcohol mm. or women, cars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you feel good for this? Mm. Cool. And then what? There's that, that, that chasing the dragon. Mm. Again, I know you were big on drugs at some point. Yeah, like, yeah. It's that chasing the dragon. You get that initial high, and then what? Mm. And so, 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 from your experience with stuff and sort of how you are now with stuff, what do you think the biggest cause for males specifically? Because we're two males talking, so mm-hmm. I don't want to speculate on females, mm-hmm. women, yeah. women. Uh, but it's two males. You can edit that bit out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not getting into fucking argument again with it. Uh, it's two males. What do you think causes men to struggle with depression Mm. and their mental health and their inability to talk? I think it is that um, belief or vision that you've got to withstand this big, strong, masculine attitude. Mm. And it is, uh, that term is thrown around a lot, toxic masculinity, but it is toxic to self. If you feel you're hurting if you feel you've got your mind racing 100 miles an hour, but all you've got to do is put on this charade and put on this front to people and smile through it or look a certain way, inevitably, if you keep repressing, keep repressing, keep repressing, it's going to snap you. And it did me. Mm. So I feel for us to talk about our emotions, for us to talk about our journeys and how we're feeling and going inside a little bit, it's very hard for people, again, because it's been conditioned, because we've been manipulated and told, this is how a man is. This is what a man acts man like. Up, man, man up, man up. Shut up and man up. And this is yeah. the thing, and this is the bizarre thing for me about this, like people think that men showing emotions is weakness. Mm. It's probably one of the hardest fucking things you can do. Mm. Explain to me how doing something so fucking hard makes you weak. Mm. Explain to me that logic. Mm. It, 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 it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I think this is also then the thing, man to man, Men don't know how to receive that information. Mm. So if I'm a typical bloke, lad, 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 mm-hmm. and you're coming to me, you're a typical lad, 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 and you're like, mate, I'm really struggling. Yeah. My first response is going to be like, uh, hmm. shit. Yeah, Subconsciously, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm fucking struggling too. So you'd be like, uh, mate, stop with a pussy. Yeah. Stop with a pussy. Fucking man the yeah, fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, uh, uh, again, the sort of... I, I, a term that's thrown around microaggressions, but they have been indoctrinated through schooling and through parenting and so on. He's being a fucking pussy. Mm. He's being a fucking wimp. He's crying, fuck off, men don't Mm. cry. And all all these constant microaggressions through time do nibble away at you and they do break you down. Mm. And it is true. It's the person feeling that and the person reciprocating and, and experiencing that both are responsible on how we approach each other. Mm. And it's because it's not taught. It's because no. it's not taught. And again, with this, again, personal, because I know we spoke about this a little bit, well, I say spoke about it a little bit, you sort of mentioned it, like when you were at your lowest, you mm. did have suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So for me, in my lowest, I never necessarily had suicidal thoughts. I just didn't want to be awake. Mm. I didn't want to be here. Mm. So my thing was, I never thought about ending it. I was just like, I'm just going to sleep forever. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. I know that's kind of similar-ish. Like it's just yeah. a different way of trying that. So my point with that is, 
I know it's fucking not a nice thing to do, but put yourself back into that, that place because this is what I'm trying to get at with this today. What could have been done mm. when you're in that suicidal headspace mm. to, to stop you, to pull you out of that? Mm. Because th- th- this is the essence I'm trying to get to. Because I, I, I've never been to that stage where that for me was a genuine route out. Mm. But for you, it was. What made you feel that was potentially the only way out? Mm. And for people listening to this, what can be done or said in that situation to help? Okay. I mean, I'll tell you my story of the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And then I'll give a better answer to helping the audience and Mm -hmm. people who are in that headspace. Because my story and what we started with... I feel I can only help people with my story and I don't advocate substances. I don't advocate doing anything that's going to harm you, but I just have to be truthful with what happened to me. So when I went away traveling and I had a bit of a breakdown, I also met my first love uh, out there. So we flew back together. Uh, I performed to my dad. My dad cried his eyes out because I asked him to do his poem and never seen that before. And that got me in the mindset of I'm going to do poetry, but I'm going to travel around the world and do this mission with this girl that I found. Now, when I got home, she had a different vision. So basically, I went back to doing a, a rubbishy job. I got home drenched. Of, I've been out um, laboring. I got back. And when I went upstairs, my whole room was empty and there was a letter on my bed. And it just said, I'm really sorry, I've gone. (laughs) She'd watched way too much Hollywood, but we've been together about a year traveling. We'd had all these vision boards on my wall Mm. of like Thailand we were going to go to next and all these dreamy ideas. And it was just all ripped down. Everything had gone. And it was just like, I'm out of here. And because you know about me, I've really suffered with lack of love and feeling a position in life and validation. My mates that broke up with girls would usually spend two, three weeks feeling a bit low, go out in the razzle-dazzle, be fine. Me, I broke in half. I literally shattered me Mm -hmm. uh, because I've just got that attachment to love. I've I've been thirsty for it. I found it in somebody and it hit me so hard. Mate, we are so fucking similar. It's scary how fucking similar we are. So That's that's why we're doing this. Do you want to talk it? I'm like, yep. Yeah. Oh, fucking mate, I, I, when you're that desperate for love, yeah, you throw everything mm. at someone to try mm. and get that, mm. and then when it gets taken away from you, it's a fucking Ooh. oh, mate, the, the actual physical pain in your heart, mm. it fucking hurts. So, you know, from traveling, I'd come back with a passion and a purpose, and I felt great in myself, but I wasn't fully healed, I was still on my mission, I was still on my learning, and I still am now, I'm always going to be mm. learning, but. I'd not quite conquered the lack of love in my life. So this was my love learning lesson. And when I broke up with this girl, I just kept getting lower and lower and lower and darker and way past what I was before, to be honest. So before when I was on this strict routine, I was pretty much like, I can't live in this existence. I don't want this reality. But it wasn't, I'm going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. It was, I just feel shit and I need to get away like you felt, Mm -hmm. just go Mm -hmm. to sleep. Here, I fucking tenfolded that. I was just going down and down. Because it's the interesting thing, though. She hadn't done that to you. It's just almost like the straw that broke the camel's back, isn't Mm. it? Like, is there something that had been bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up? Yeah. And there's that one day, that one thing, it's like the straw that that, that gave a buckaroo. Yeah. Just finally, that one thing you put on, Mm. bam, that's it. Down you go, that fucking dark place. So again, it's one the audience pick up on that because again, it's not like this girl specifically did that. Yeah, That was just the straw that broke the camel's back. So when when, when, when we're talking about guys in this dark place, or again, we're only talking to guys here, but females, exactly, women are exactly the same. Like it's it's a thing mm. but it's, it's just understanding that it's just not one thing that happens one day mm. you don't just wake up one day and be like yeah fuck it I'm going to kill myself yeah, fuck yeah. it I want to be here it's like yeah. no no something will be the catalyst yeah. but it's just always doing like you've just had all this uh, tinder there uh, was it, uh, t- yeah, t- is it, what's, it, what's the stuff that you, you've set fire to oh kindling kind- kindling kindling and then just suddenly that's it just one mm. spark yeah. and the whole thing goes up in flames so I just want to pick up on that that yeah. like yes this is that was the the sword where the camel's back but it's something that had been bubbling up I'd, I'd, I'd been travelling learn a, learn a passion but I'd not healed mm. I, I had a lot more healing Big to do yeah. Yeah. so 
I come back, I was living with a gone, and then suddenly the lower I got, and when I started going past what I remembered depression being, and it was just waking up with dread of waking up and just thinking, I've got to go through this every day, and it was months of this. I just, I typed in on the internet, easiest ways to die. I went on Reddit and I was just looking at threads and I was so ready. I, I felt in my whole soul, you know what? I, I felt a bit happier because I thought I've got a way out now. I really did. I felt a little, a release that I didn't actually have to live this existence anymore. Mm. So the last day when I I'd basically was ready to go, I went on Reddit. I was just, what can I do? Can I do the X, Y, Z, Z, Z? I, I was just scared of the pain it was going to be. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at easiest ways to do it. And this guy who I'll never meet, I'll never know who it was, or anything about him, he saved my life. And this is just a truth. And I don't advocate anything on this front. This is just my journey. And he said, before you do anything daft, why don't you try a psychedelic and I thought, I live in Ripley. <laughs> I'm going to be all right. I know exactly, I know where to go. And I did. I, I started contacting a few people without an hour. Somebody said, yeah, I, I know where to get you something. So I went and picked up and I got home. because I was What was at, it? It was acid, LSD. So my dad was watching me on the clock and he would only let me out for like 15 minutes a day um to go and see a mate or something i had to come back because i was on did he know that you were that bad no like well pretty low because they were on, i was on suicide watch oh, they, so, okay, they, yeah, so, okay they, so they knew that, yeah they, they kind of knew that it was a thing they didn't know that was the day i was going to kill myself but they knew that you wanted to they knew i was i was not safe i was mm -hmm. going to be sectioned so my dad was always in my living room and my side um because they live on the other mm -hmm. side of the house and uh, I got back and I dropped this tab and I didn't have a clue what was going to happen to me because I'd only sort of dabbled in very minor things before that. And I remember sitting in bed because I had to sleep downstairs and my dad was sat across from me. Did he know you'd taken it? No, not a clue where I've been, not what I've done. And 40 minutes in, I, do, I remember just seeing the walls started picturing thing things started looking very different to I'd never comprehended because I've never experienced anything like that before and this is the brilliant moment because I remember it so funny and I looked across at me dad and I just went dad I'm going to let you into a secret I've just taken some acid 40 minutes ago and your head's turned into a pineapple <laughs> and I can't look at you now please can you leave I need to go through this mission on my own <laughs> <laughs> my dad again who's not very emotional man doesn't know really how to address that just went fuck are you all right and i went yeah but i've got to go through this mate you've got to leave me because you're going to probably mess up this experience so he went away went on the other side that's, that's trust right there yeah yeah that's he, uh, that that, that it, for, for a father for a son yeah yeah in the state you were in, yeah. that is fucking trust. It was powerful. That what is, he, that is what very, he, very powerful. What he allowed in that moment, because it could have been police, it could have been... Get, get, making get, you sick, get that fucking shit out of Somebody else yeah. coming along, but he just went, right, he's been really low. He obviously needed to go through this. I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to leave it to him. And I can't imagine what I put him through, mm. to be honest. I can't imagine him going on that side of the house, just envisioning what I'm going through for that night. But truthfully, mate, and I don't want people to go on this mission, but this is what happened to me. It healed a huge hole inside of me. And I think I had all of these answers there. I just didn't have access to them. I didn't know how to access them, in fact. And what a psychedelic did was just push me down them rabbit holes I needed to go down of my mind. And a massive one, I remember it, I'd, I'd got to the point where you, it's called an ego death and I was having a death experience and I lay down in bed and I just thought, this is it now. I'm dying. Um, and your life flashes before your eyes quite literally. You just think, who am I? What am I? What was my purpose of this life? What was I going through? And I remember because I was dying, I thought I want to die to something nice on TV. So I put on the jungle book and oh, fuck off yeah and that's where he come from baloo on my arm i, I got the fuck tattoo because of this so 
it came on and I put the song on, Bare Necessities, and I will never, ever forget this because when when you're going through this in a psychedelic, it's like the room starts closing in, just becomes dark, and then I wrap up and I listen in. Your audio becomes very strong and Blue the Bear is, is having his jig and the room looks a little bit nicer, slightly nicer, but it was this piece of philosophy, this line, and he said... Let me tell you something, little Bridget. If you're looking for something that can't be found, when you find out you can live without it, go along not thinking about it. And I was looking all this night for answers, massive answers like, where can I find, why did she leave me? Why does nobody love me? Why have I never been loved? And when he said, listen, you're never going to know. These answers are gone now. Live on. I swear on my life, I looked up, I cried my fucking eyes out and the whole room was just bouncing. Like the answer had hit me. It was light everywhere. And I, I, I'd not dared to get up out of the bed because it was all dark and dingy. The room looked fucking godlike. So I jumped up out of bed and I danced. <laughs> I started dancing to the bare necessities. I was like, this is great. And about an hour in... Another one thing, and, and this flipped my head and started to reprogram a part of myself, was I looked at a picture of the partner that had split up with me. And when I looked at the picture, her face was really devilish. It looked terrifying. And I was just looking at it with a mindset of, fuck you. Like, I can't believe what you've done to me. But then when my good half of my side of my nature kicked in, I, I started talking to her. But I said, she had her reasons to leave. It wasn't, she had her own story to go on. She, and I was thinking about her and why she did it and talking kindly and positively to this picture. I swear this is true. The whole picture transformed and she looked like an angel and gone from a devil of this ugly mindset to an angel because of this positivity that I was talking to. And I went, I've shaped that reality. I made her look totally different just from the thoughts that I had in my heart. And that made me go, fucking hell. You can literally change your whole existence by the way you think. And it, it was quite literal. I, I saw a different reality from it. So it was huge, man. It was huge. That is probably one of my favourite ever 10-minute episodes of my podcast. <laughs> because normally, I've, I've had some fucking incredible things said, but mm. it's normally over Zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was unreal. Because that, Thank you, man. Now, I know you say you don't condone yeah. um, psychedelics. Um, and again, I've heard Ted Guru talk about it and stuff like that. Like, you get amazing stuff from psychedelics. Mm. Supposedly, I've never taken them before. Mm. But it's basically cheating. Yeah. So essentially, you just cheat the system. Yeah. You, you're cheating the system, you're not going through the process. Yeah. But essentially, what you found out there... Mm is that you are in control of your reality. Yeah, I did. And consciousness is the only reality. Mm. Your consciousness, mm -hmm. what you are thinking and what you're constantly telling yourself becomes your reality. Mm. And that's basically what you discovered there. Yeah. And this is the thing with, with Buddhism when they do the, the love and kindness practice mm. where they basically say, uh, you've got to love yourself, love someone neutral, and then love someone that you don't like. Mm. You just put that love out there and it completely changes your reality, which is exactly what you've done there. Mm. You had so much hatred for that person yeah. that your reality physically, again, I know you were on psychedelics, but you, you saw what was going on. Yeah. You had that, that negativity. That was your reality. Mm -hmm. Dark, negative, dingy, couldn't see a way out. As and soon as you plant that positivity in there, mm. the reality will literally mm. change before you and you see something completely fucking different and that is fucking deep. With the, mm. I'm never going to be able to watch the Jungle Book again. <laughs> but, 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 but again, but the yeah. words. Yeah. How fucking deep is that shit? Mm. How many mm. fucking people have watched the Jungle Book mm. and will never understand what that means? Yeah. How many Completely. people? Uh, I'll, mate, say, I'll it, say 100% people. 100% uh, uh, yeah. people. 99.99. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Even me, if I'm watching Jungle Book now, I probably wouldn't be that open to hearing mm. that or understanding mm. that, receiving that. It was that information I needed at that time too. You know, everybody's going to have their catalyst, their moment of mm. uh, an affirmation or a quote and mm. they just fucking hit you like a ton mm. of bricks. But that was mine for that moment and I, I couldn't have needed it more mm. right then. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's what my purpose is because I don't advocate drugs. I don't advocate psychedelics, but I had to have it in that moment but you now know what uh, it gave you yeah and you now have the tools mm. to articulate your story and get people to that place mm. the good way that's it that's why i tell my story so, so then with that because mm. you spoke about that like that's how you you're sharing your story and how you did it mm. 
how would you get people there now? So let's say right now, again, I'm struggling, going back to the original question. I'm now struggling. Mm-hmm. What can I do? Okay, so again, that is it. It's going through that experience for me is saying to people, right, now we've got infinite ways of looking at this problem that you seem to have in your life. You've named it a problem. We're going to look at it together. And how can we go through that experience of spinning it on its head? Because when I work in primary schools, I obviously don't go, I took drugs, kids. <laughs> this was what I went through. But again, you can't even uh, use the, the same kind of words because kids don't. And it, which often, is always interesting because yeah. in a good way, if you're mm. going to articulate it to a kid, mm. you can explain it to an adult because yeah. some adults don't want to hear spirituality. They don't want to hear yeah. fucking, they don't want to hear these words, these, these, yeah. these buzzy words that seem to be a bit like mm-hmm. soft and woo-woo and crazy and hippie and out there. So if you can actually articulate it to a kid, mm. You understand you're laughing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I I go through that. I don't talk about the whole substance side of things, but on this sort of podcast platform, I can really go into the depths. But towards them, I still take the principles. I still take all the things that I learned on that night and interpret it in a whole new way for them and say, right, okay, let's talk about the things that are hurting us at the moment or we're going through trials and tribulations and we'll start, like we said earlier, with a free write, starting all the negatives and writing them all down. Now, how do we spin them? Would, if, would you get people to identify what the actual issue is? Mm. Because, as you said, there's a sort of road that comes back. And sometimes I don't think people maybe understand what it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I, totally. I, I, this is the weird thing with me. I didn't really know that I was depressed. Mm. I drill it back mm. in now and yeah, I, yeah, I, I relive yeah, it, yeah. mate. Fuck my yeah. life. I don't, even know how, mate, I, I don't even know what was... <laughs> but you know at the time yeah because I didn't know anything about and this this is what I really want to talk about this yeah, like, yeah. this is what I'm doing this, what, this is literally why I'm doing the fucking podcast mm. the, li- the literal the whole fucking reason why I'm doing this podcast is so that people don't have to go what I went through mm. that's the whole fucking reason that's yeah. the whole purpose my, my time mission because I literally didn't understand what depression was mm. I had no idea because I never spoke to anyone about depression I never heard anything about depression I did not know I was just like I literally wake up every single day and it'd be a fucking mission mm. like to, it would be a fucking drain and if I was waking up and someone was keeping me awake and even going to clients going anything that was keeping me awake family events seemed, you are fucking keeping me awake mm. why the fuck are you keeping me awake I want to be asleep yeah yeah. Let me fucking sleep. Yeah. You are, and the, mate, the rage was real and it was a struggle. Mm. That fucking mask I was wearing was a fucking mm. struggle. But I didn't know. So when we talk about now, we're talking about this. I don't think sometimes people know what the problem mm. is. I, so would you get them to almost like try and search or would you not do I that? Mean, well, really, that's a minute example. What I go in to teach is what you're witnessing today is somebody doing their passion doing what they absolutely adore doing and they've turned it into a, an income and a job from it. And I love everywhere I go and I'm spinning plates. And when I work with the, the kids or wherever I work, I just say, it's not me here today saying, you must all be writers. You must all go away with this powerful new tool. Witness somebody enjoying what they do and let's see if we can start imprinting that into your life. And that's, I think, the most powerful thing. So we'll even start writing about that. It. The best thing about poetry is you can't be wrong. It's all right. Whatever you write is right. And it's your story. So we'll start developing tools and we'll start developing writing exercises where they're talking about their passions and what they want to be. And I think that's a giant part of the healing process is who are you? What do you want? Having this passion in your life, having this purpose in your life is really going to help subside that pain that you're going through. And I think that's my biggest message to people my biggest want is to help people discover what they want it is it's the biggest that's that's what i really advocate when i go in because that's the thing i I can't remember who i was speaking to the other day i cannot remember the life me it was but she was saying that she can't see herself who the fuck was it but anyway she couldn't see herself living Mm. like past 30 she's only like mid-20s i thought that was me Mm. During my entire life, mm. from the age of 16, do if anyone said to me, like, what can you see when you grow up? I'd always say, oh, I'm not going to live to be old. Mm. Mm. And you know, now, and I, I look at my life now, I'm like, fuck, it's got nothing to live for. Yeah, yeah. And which explains yeah. why for 20 years of my life I just existed. Yeah. But if you just said to me when I was 25, 24, 25, 26, 27, what, what, what's life going to when you're 40? Mm. Can't tell you. Yeah. I'm not going to be alive. I'm not going to be around. Something's going to happen to me. Like, mm. I just had this, it had no purpose and passion. Mm. And, and that's, that's what I say to people, you've got to have something. It's the driving force of just life. Just something. And mm. I think that's what it is. It's like, and again, we've said this before, and when it comes to um, things making us happy, 
mm. car, house, wife, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. Those things are external. Mm-hmm. They can be taken away. Mm. I said, was it on our, our podcast? I spoke about that I quote. So, yeah. 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 I said about like, um, when you realize that you're the light yeah, you're searching for, a, you, you can yeah. never be it's in darkness incredible. again. That's what it is because what happens is if you're putting your love and your worth and just your happiness on a person, mm. mm-hmm. what happens if it's their time to go? Like, forget, like, leaving. Yeah, what is their yeah. time to go? Mm. Even even when you're 80, 90 years old, it's that person's time to go. Mm. Anything, Your car. Anything external. Anything external. Any, <laughs> car. No, 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 that, 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 that doesn't mean when that person goes. Like, of course, we'll be fucking sad. Yeah. You're allowed to be fucking... And it also fucks me up like that self-help space where people have to be happy. You can't be happy all the time. Mm. Don't fucking try to be. It's impossible. You're never going to be happy all the time. If yeah. that's your goal, you're, you're never, ever going to get that. It's impossible mm. to be happy all the time. The goal is to be in constant pursuit of trying to be as happy as you can be. But I feel like if you're putting these, that happiness on external things, it can get taken away from you. Mm. But if you just realise that yeah. you've got to be happy within yourself first. I mean, I used to, like, look at my phone now, crack to shit. Yeah. If that was me, past me, I'd be still pissed off about it now yeah. I'll be looking at that getting angry that that happened looking at my car you've seen that mm. <laughs> banged up piece of mess but that was my existence and now because it is more from an internal place I know who I am I can get happy at very small things now when me and Chrissy have a beautiful moment together when we spend a bit of time with our baby with our family the, the really wholesome things of life that genuinely provides happiness in which the car could have or the, the nice holiday away could have, but it lasts so much stronger. It lasts so much longer from that. And then when you get to where you're getting to, mm. through finding a passion, da, 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 mm-hmm. you'll appreciate a lot more. So when you do get that new car, yeah. when you do get whatever it is, yeah. you will actually appreciate what you've got. And it's a different sense and of it, why. It, it's not that short-term hit of happiness. Mm, yeah. It's that feeling of gratitude. You're built for this. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I can't explain how powerful that is. Yeah, that, yeah. but that 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 is genuinely what i go in with i go in with the intention of we're gonna have fun we're gonna do a bit of writing if writing isn't totally for you what you're gonna learn from today is just enjoying somebody being there who's got a purpose got a passion and we can help find yours through that it emanates i do believe like watching you do what you do I can fucking tell how much you enjoy this. I can tell how much you love your life from doing that. Chrissy the other day did a workshop. Fucking hell, I've never seen her so buzzing because we've got people in the bus and they're all just working together crafting. And that makes me go, right, get my laptop out. I want to start editing or whatever it is. And it it just emanates. And I think that is my most powerful force and, and what I believe in the most is just do you as strongly as you can be that change you want to see and show that passion and help people drive for. So I think that's what people can do to help others the most is really find out who you are, heal yourself as strongly as you can and show you can be passionate, you can have a purpose and that will help others in that pursuit. It almost gives them permission. Yeah. It almost yeah. gives them permission and they can see it. Like they can see it for themselves. Like, oh my God, this is what it's like. Legit. And, and, and this is the thing, there's nothing special about me. Mm. There's nothing special about you. Mm. There's nothing special about Chrissy. Mm. We're just normal people. There's nothing yeah. special about anybody. Tony Robbins, name whoever it is, the people you named at the start that helped you. Yeah. There's nothing special about any of them they're just normal people yeah they've managed to find their calling find their purpose show gratitude on a daily basis and you can too and that's why i think like us just being so raw and open it mm-hmm. gives people almost that permission to be like you can do this too like you, you we are normal people you can you're just a fucking bloke from ripley Li- yeah literally the one thing that the commonality between all of us me you chrissy russell brand joe wrote all, all of those the commonality is we've hit the fucking rock bottom. We've all been there. We've all hit as hard as you could possibly at the fastest velocity, hit it and then looked up and gone, oh shit, there's a ladder. And that's what we're all trying to do in our own way is help people find that ladder. Without hitting rock bottom. Mm, yeah, that, that, bang on, bang like, on. That, and that's literally I don't my, want everyone no, to hit all the wrong branches no, on the way down. 100%. That's my thing. It's like you mm. don't have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. You don't. And this is the thing. To almost like finish it off with, every single person has mental health. Mm. Every single person. And I say this multiple times. You've got bone health, digestive health, mm. cardiovascular health. Mm. You have mental health. Just because you aren't struggling with it right now does not mean you shouldn't be working on it. Mm. Like the time to get fit and healthy isn't after you've had a fucking heart attack. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. So you basically work on your cardiovascular health, get, get yourself fit and healthy. That's the time. Mm. So mental health. So, so with this, it's just... I just want to just say to, to, to people that listen to this right now, 
if you're if you know someone's struggling, just reach out to them right now. Mm. Don't fucking wait for this podcast to end. Don't think oh, I'll do it later. Just pick your phone up and just drop someone a message and just be like, if you need to chat, I'm here. Are you okay? Do you want to meet up? Whatever it is, mm. just reach out to those people. And again, if you're listening to this and you are struggling, you're in a dark place, please reach out to me. Reach out to Mike. Mm. Like we'll put our fucking things there. Just reach out. Like I'd much rather just chat to you and talk to you. Like mm. again, especially if you message me on Instagram, I'll happily voice note you back. We can have a fucking chat. Yeah. I'll drop on a Zoom call with you. I really don't care. And I'm so passionate about that that. There is help out there. Make sure that you just just, just reach out. Just just do mm. something. Mm. Just to reach out. This has been fucking awesome. I've really enjoyed it, man. One, one, one final bit of advice, just in a little bit of a summary. What's one bit of advice you would give someone in a summary that's struggling right now? Mm. Just listen to this, struggling. What's one, just one bit of advice right now? I just believe that there is another way. There is another other way. Mm. And you have the tools inside you right now to access that and they're all there all the time it's just you've not been given the key to open the box yet and I really believe that I think it's inside all of us we've got the answers we just need a little bit of help on the way and there's help out there for you everyone needs help everyone needs help everyone needs help Mm. but it's the thing I can't do what I want to do on my own Mm. I need that team around me which I brought you on board I can't do it on my own yeah yeah I can't no matter how good I think I am, no matter how good you think I am, I can't do it on my own. Mm. No matter how much passion I've got, yeah. I can't do it on my own. Everybody needs some help. Yeah. So just just take the hit on the ego, just reach out and get some help. I think that's absolutely fucking beautiful. Mikey, where can people find out more information about you? Because uh, you've got your own amazing podcast that I've been a guest on. Bless you, man. Thank What's your you. podcast? What's your social media? What, awesome. One of your social media. Yeah. You've got about fucking 50. So I'll give you... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you two because if you want to see any of my music and the, yeah. the poetry I've been doing, it's a Rhythmical Mike and that's on everything. Just type in Rhythmical Mike. There's not another one. Well, sorry, well, you, sorry you're going to put it across the bottom of the screen. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be there. Rhythmical it's gonna, Mike. There, yeah. <laughs> rhythmical Mike. <laughs> and uh, we also, me and Chrissy have a business which is the Old Farm Bus mm-hmm. and we put on events and festivals and workshops there and we're just doing what we love with that. So the Old Farm Bus is not another one of them as well no. so awesome mate this has been an absolute pleasure like Thank i said you so pe- much. people are going to see more of you on the podcast you're not going anywhere just but waving in the corner no, no, just like, yeah, yeah we'll give you the microphone <laughs> i'm next so time. happy to be on this journey man the people i've listened to already on these podcasts i've been going through your catalog now as well and it's, it's just a blessing to be a part of it i really thank you no mate and you're helping take it to the next level so <laughs> hey, it's been an absolute pleasure i'm looking forward to, to, to the future and what we're going to create we're having it we're having yeah. it large <laughs> <laughs> have a good day mate big love cheers man